The 2022 fantasy football season has finally arrived. And with that comes the long-awaited season two of Football on the Rocks. This year, we will bring you every week our borderline fringe starters, our busts of the week, and our DK or DraftKings stacks that we like to make sure your millionaire team is ready to go. Don't forget, we'll always talk about our bourbon or beer just to make sure you're enjoying a glass or two. Without further ado, here's your show, Football on the Rocks. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I am your host, Joe Niehoff, joined tonight by the full cast, Mr. Bob Niehoff and John Merrick. How are you guys doing tonight? Ready for, for the season to start. Yeah, I think everybody's ready. I'm kind of excited. It's going to be a, you know, I'm hopeful for the Vikings, as I'm sure you guys are as well. But but overall, I'm just ready to kind of get this, this show on the road, so to speak. So I'm ready to rock and roll. There is no hope. Uh, yeah, there's there's never hope, right? Uh, but, you know, I am in like seven fantasy football leagues this year. So, you know, if nothing else, I have some consolation prizes. <laughs> I was gonna say you'll hopefully take third place in one of them. Oh yeah, at least, at least you might make the playoffs one time. And it begins unbelievable. Says and you guys are saying this to a champion of one of the leagues that we all played in together. So whatever, however you want to make it. Yeah, uh, maybe we are. Uh huh. All right, so uh, I'm gonna start quickly with what I'm drinking. I do talk um, to myself a lot. I'm a champion in one of our leagues. Uh-huh. So yeah, you're yeah. right. I'm going to start us off. We have some guys like to listen to us about our little bourbons or cocktails we're drinking. So tonight, I'm drinking Old Forester 1870 small batch. Very good. It's one of those drinks when you first have it, you know, as a bourbon drinker, there's that little bit of that bite that you get sometimes where it's like, oh, shit, like I need at least one or two of these and then you just start going down like water. This to me is one of those that's just a very easy drinking first sip which is kind of key. It's, it's, it's climbing up my list of favorites uh, and something that I wanted to make sure I had tonight and talk a little bit about. But Old Forester uh, has been around a long time. Uh, again, a good bourbon. This is the 1870 small batch. Uh, good stuff. Check it out if you can. Bobby, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, it is National Beer Day today. Oh, my and God. I didn't even know. So with that in mind, I stopped at the liquor store on the way home. Got myself a new beer. Uh, it is from a newer brewery here in Minnesota uh, uh, by Elm Creek Brewing Company. Um, and it is the Cloud Dweller, my favorite double IPAs. Um, oh, just that, that crack of the beer. This one is not <laughs> a big boy. Um, oh, it's not going on the wall? No, it's it's not a crowler. I didn't. They didn't have a crawler at the liquor store. I'll have to go to their brewery here um, pretty soon. It's just over in Champlain, about a half hour from me here. But it's got some citra hops and uh, dry hop with citra and mosaic. Going to have a little tropical fruit. Uh, Their their little uh, saying here is that this is a soft and pillowy double IPA. Sure to drink like a dream. Let's see how it goes. Nice. I love it. 
I love it. Very good. John, I know you're not drinking tonight. He's got an early, bright and early morning tomorrow. Uh, tonight is a Wednesday night, so we try to get this out to you guys tomorrow, Thursday. Just give you a little insight for that Thursday game, although we won't have a whole lot to say about that game today. Uh, but we've changed some things up for you. So going into this season, we, we always are trying to improve our podcast, try to give you the best advice we can and this year we're going to try to shorten up our shows not have the hour and 20 minute show that uh to listen for the first 40 minutes just to get the info you want we're going to try to make this thing hopefully in the next, you know 45 minutes or so give you some really good value some good information uh and focus on more of the borderline players so this isn't going to be the oh well, i'm starting the Devonte adams every week or i'm starting the you know, those types of yeah. players. On a you, don't, you don't need us to tell you to start those guys. Right. If you're, if you got Justin Jefferson, he's in your lineup every week. Right. I mean, come on. So we're not going to go through those, but instead we're going to kind of talk about the borderline guys at each position. And our goal tonight is to have each one of us pick a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, etc., And, Try to convince the other two that the guy we're talking about is worth starting. We'll also talk a little bit about the people we think might be the busts for the week. So maybe that higher valued player that may not work out. And we're going to wrap up each show with a little bit about our DraftKings Millionaire podcast, which we're going to kind of marry the two of them together, talk a little bit about some players or stacks in particular we like um, for the Millionaire match. Uh, every week so we hope you enjoy it and some of the differences here and if you guys ever have anything you want to hear from us you can obviously uh, reach out to us on our different media sites and uh, an email as bobby will reiterate here at the end of the podcast so guys anything you want to add before we dive into our our first uh, part here with quarterbacks no i think you hit it pretty good we got a good plan let's see how it goes and uh, feedback is always welcome you can hit us up on twitter at uh, um, football OTR, same thing, football OTR at gmail.com with any questions. Perfect. Perfect. All right, so starting off, I'm actually going to take the lead here. I'm going to go with uh, the first one. So to give you guys an idea, we're trying to look at these borderline starters. We're assuming 12-team leagues, uh, and we're also assuming a one-quarterback league. All right. The other part to this we're also going to kind of go from is basically in the quarterbacks, it's any quarterback that is ranked for the week based off of ESPN rankings, anywhere from like seven on. So that's kind of that where the borderline gets in. We start questioning some players the, the top six quarterbacks. You're more likely starting every week anyway. These are the guys that are kind of beyond that. So to start us off, I'm going to talk a little bit about my quarterback this week, and that is. Tua with the Miami Dolphins. I know Bobby and John are probably excited about this. Now, one rule that we did uh, uh, put in place that I'll we'll, we'll mention here before I start on mine is we have 60 seconds each to explain why we picked our player and try to convince the other people that this was a good pick, okay, and that he is a good starting player person in this position so um why don't you guys bobby why don't you start the clock here i'm gonna go with tua and as soon as you say go i'm gonna take off ready go all right tua number one uh first of all number of new tools i think offensively they're gonna have the fastest offense in the nfl if you look at the additions of like tyreek hill chase edmonds 
the team itself has gotten significantly better in the skill position. Not to mention you have Jalen Waddle, who pretty much self-proclaimed himself as the fastest player in the NFL. Um, but the second part to this that I think is important is the New England defense, the team he's playing against. Now, historically, they've had good cornerbacks. But what I'm going to tell you is I'm going to name off the names of the starting cornerbacks and even the second-string cornerbacks on New England. You guys can tell me if you know any of them. Jonathan Jones, Marcus Jones, Miles Bryant, Jack Jones, Sean Wade, Jalen Mills. That is literally the starting cornerbacks on this team. Kyle yeah, who, Duggar who, who and Devin who, McCourty. Who doesn't know the, uh, the Jones triplets? I know, right? So my point is saying this. First of all, uh, they're middle of the pack and stacks. That, that's the a minute. Won't be, won't be big. Interceptions last year, they were 23rd, but they lost one of the best guys, J.C. Jackson, to the, to the Chargers. So I think opportunity plus the new skill around him, I think two is going to have a good week. He's he's, right. uh, he's moving up from, I think, 15 or 16 on, my, on the list of ESPN. I got him higher than that. 17. 17. Yeah, I have him as a startable quarterback this week in fantasy football. Was I good on my minute, or did I go? No, away? that was two. But yeah. Okay. Well, you got to you got to stop me. So I did stop. Me. I said that was a minute, and you kept rambling. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Anyway, so there you go. I don't know if you guys like it or, or don't like it. We can kind of come back to me at the end. Who's up next? All right. You said we do a minute, Joe. All right. I got Kirk Cousins. Tied for 17th on ESPN with Tua. And I love Kirk way more than I love Tua. Kirk Cousins played Green Bay at home one time last year. Didn't play Green Bay on the road. In that game, he had 341 passing yards and three touchdowns. When Kirk is struggling against Green Bay in the past, who is he going against? Zadarius Smith getting pressure on the outside. And where is Zadarius Smith now? In Minnesota. So I think he's going to have another top 10 performance this week against Green Bay. I think it'll be big weeks for Thielen, Jefferson, and Irv Smith going with him. I like it. That was 40 nice. seconds. That was impressive. That was, that was brilliant. Bobby, who's your And guy? there was actual analysis in there. There was. Oh, my God. Don't even. <laughs> All right. Um, so I am going with Derek Carr. Um, he's playing the Chargers. They have the uh, – High scoring game output uh, over under 52. Um, obviously, Derek Carr got the best wide receiver and a new weapon. They're going to try and show him off, I'm sure, in this late Sunday afternoon game. Um, also, that JC Jackson, who is a stud cornerback, is looking like he's actually not going to play this week. So that just means that Devontae Adams is going to go off even more. Uh, in order for that to happen, Derek Carr is going to have to give him the ball. Probably three, four touchdowns out of uh, the passing game. I don't really see them running all too much. A lot of this is going to be a high-scoring, through-the-air type of a game, and I see 23-plus points for Derek Carr this week. I like it. All right, well, I will say uh, if we're, we're talking about this position, you know, maybe it's the bias, but I, I kind of agree with John. Well, John made a better point than you did. And I can't vote for myself. 
<laughs> so two votes for John. I think you won this one, buddy, this time around. Uh, so quarterback surprised. point. There, there might also be some Viking bias there. But... Oh, that, but that was what, 100% what mine was, the Viking bias. But I do think he makes a good point. The game that yep, played at exactly. home against, you know, he's got some good So, stuff. So, John, well, since you won that round, let's uh, have you start off on the running back position. Yep, I like it. All right, I'm saying the same game. I got A.J. Dillon. He is coming in as running back 33 going against the Vikings. He played Vikings two times last year, averaged about 45 yards rushing, got two rushing touchdowns in the – actually, he averaged about 65 yards rushing, got two rushing touchdowns in the final game, also involved in the passing. I think with Green Bay losing Devontae and having question marks with their receivers, they still have one of the best offensive lines. Vikings still are questionable with their rush defense. We don't really know how the team will perform. So I think both Green Bay running backs are starters this week. And I think A.J. Dillon will end up in the top 20. Okay, good start. I know we talked a little bit about that earlier in the week, John. So I knew I knew he was going to be your running back. John, who's the next guy going running back? Bobby. All right. So I'm going to go with another player in kind of a running back by committee type of approach, but I think he's going to be the better one to go with. That is Ramondre Stevenson going back to that Miami-New England game that Joe was talking about earlier. Um, earlier today, those of you sleuths on Twitter uh, may have seen that Bill Belichick called him R. Alvin Kamara, uh, meaning he's probably going to be playing kind of that passing game role. He's much more explosive than Harris, and I see him kind of showing everyone out that first week. Um, he's bound for a breakout year. Last year in that first game, Miami allowed 17.3 points to Harris in week one. I think Stevenson is just a better player than that. Um, and so I, I think he'll at least match that point total this week and vault himself in the top 15, top 20 for sure of running backs this, uh, this first week of the season. Good. Good. All right. I guess I'm up next. My uh, my running back for this week is Cordero Patterson. Uh, a couple of reasons why I like him. Number one, if I'm looking at past statistics and how they've played last year uh, against uh, Atlanta or against the New Orleans Saints, he had six receptions for 126 yards in one of the two games that he played. Um, if I'm a running back and I'm getting six receptions for 126 yards, I'm pretty darn excited. But the second thing I like about it is this. There is literally no other running back on that roster to take a ton of carries away from him. Now, it's going to be a little bit of committee like we already talked about. And the guy that might be taking some carries from him, what, Algier from well, you know, from the rookie. Uh, so I don't expect a whole lot of workload coming off of him. But the last point I'm going to make is he's got a new quarterback. And the new quarterback, Marcus Mariota, is a kind of more of a hybrid quarterback. And a lot of times, if we look at just pure run average, the running back that has that type of quarterback on his team is going to have a higher average per rush. So if I'm only getting, say, nine carries out of Cordero because of the type of role he plays, I'd rather get, say, four and a half yards per carry than two yards per carry in what it may have been a different offense that they played in last year. So I'm excited about him moving forward. I think he could be a good pick for this week. By the way, I think he's running back 36 in the rankings. 
Joe, if it's I, I gotta go with you because I don't know that AJ Dillon just does. I, I want to. Bobby, Bobby, let me let me persuade you. Oh, oh no! You Ooh. already said your bit. You can't, you can't keep talking. No, I'm, I'm persuading you against your guy, Joe. <laughs> Cornell Patterson played New Orleans in Week 18, the same team he's going against this week, and he got four carries for 11 yards and 2.2 points. Ooh, yeah, I just can't pick a Packer though. I, I think that they're going to run a lot <laughs> more than they used to, um, but. I'm gonna go with Patterson on this one uh, between the two of you guys. Since I knew Joe was gonna look up that stat. By the way, I was waiting for it because yes. Now, Joe, let me convince you against Ramondre, who played Miami Week 18, the same team he plays Week One. Yeah, he had four carries and had 4.6 points. That that was in a limited role. His role is expanded this year. You don't know that. <laughs> this well, here's, called, here's what he I was just tell called you. Alvin oh, Kamara. Well, I, first of all, I'm actually going to vote for John on this one because I do think A.J. Dillon in the history of playing against the Vikings could have a good week, and I think he's going to have a bigger role this season with the Packers overall. So I vote John, but this puts us in a conundrum. John, are you voting well, Bob? Are going to give me the edge? I would. I don't know that I'd play Patterson this week. I feel like his. I feel like his role is somewhat questionable and how they're actually going to use him in the running game. All right. So well, does that mean I win? That point, so we got a tie. So nice tie. All right. So we all make good points on our running backs. Yep. Um, since you guys already went first, I'll go first on wide receivers here. Um, and I am going to be picking Christian Kirk on this one. Um, this is his first game with the Jaguars. So they're going to feature their new, very expensive wide receiver. Um, in the one preseason game that we actually saw him uh, with, um, in the one preseason game that we saw him actually out there playing, he had eight targets, five catches for 54 yards. And that was just in like, what, two possessions or something like that. Obviously, he's maybe targeted a little bit more than he, de- he would be normally, given that it's preseason and they want to kind of form that connection. But he is just going to be peppered with targets, I believe, um, in this game here. They're playing against Washington. They were one of the worst defenses last season against the pass. And uh, their uh, young, young, their pass rusher, I believe, is still out. And so I expect around, you know, 16 to 20 points potentially if we see something of, uh, you know, six catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Um, we're right there with Christian Kirk putting out a nice point total for week one. Yeah, not bad. All right, I guess it's my turn, huh? Wide receivers, right? I guess so. All right, so mine this week, um, and some, like, what was, I had him ranked, by the way, wide receivers, what are we, like, 20th through like 40, I think, is the number that we picked. Yeah. I had, uh, the ranking I looked up, Jerry Judy, was like 23rd or 24th. He's my pick for the week. Um, so I'm going with Jerry Judy. I, there's not a whole lot I have to do to convince, I think, the group of this player here. Um, number one thing I want to mention is he has been uh, recorded to be the slot man in that offense. Um, so he has been told that that's kind of the position he'll play. So target, he'll get a lot of the targets coming from Russell Wilson. 
He'll have his best quarterback he's ever had. Obviously, this is only his second year in the season, but a lot of wide receivers kind of break out in year two, a la Justin Jefferson. Um, the second piece to uh, Jerry Judy here that I think is important is they're playing against Seattle. Okay. Not that Seattle's defense is terrible, but Russell no, Wilson they're terrible. just came from Seattle, and we all know he is going to ball out. And what a better way to do it than to just freaking throw the crap out of the ball when you can and score every point you can. So Jerry Judy's my guy for the week, and I think he's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's why he's in the top 24. But okay. Yeah, borderline 20 to 40. So I'm sorry I took yeah. the guy that's you know in the 23rd-ish. Yeah. So Joe took the approach of not doing any analysis on his guy, but I took right. the opposite approach and did some analysis. So where Jerry Judy is going against Seattle, who allowed the – fifth fewest points to wide receivers last year. I'm going, I'm picking someone who's going against Arizona who allowed the fourth most points against wide receivers this year. I was waiting for John to say that. Joe, too. I knew it. John, John's already winning, Joe. <laughs> and that <laughs> is really the players yet. <laughs> that is Juju Smith Schuster, the 30th ranked wide receiver who I think could be borderline for some people this week. And I would absolutely start him. Mahomes usually comes out of the gate strong last year. He had, 340 yards and three touchdowns week one. I don't think after kind of the playoff loss they had that he's going to come out slow. I think he's going to come out throwing. And I would expect to see kind of the two veteran wide receivers to see the most targets. And with Judy in the slot, I think it's high upside with with their questionable running backs. Yep, I love it. John wins. He actually did some work. Joe just said Jerry Oh, Judy I didn't even get a shot. chance to rebuttal that? No, you don't get to rebut. Remember, you said that John doesn't get to do that. Okay, well, yeah, but Joe, he did anyway. Joe, you did. <laughs> you just said Jerry Judy plays for the Denver Broncos, and they're playing against their former quarterback's team, and so he's going to do good. Yeah. John came at me with statistics, convinced me to start someone that might otherwise be on my bench. Fair. I mean, that that that's fair. But... Okay. So John I'm wins. Not, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you, that, John, was a, that was a bad approach by you. So John uh, wins that. Joe, next week you can come back with some analysis and try again. Yeah. yeah. Well, statistics. Sometimes you know. it's all about emotion and how you feel about a player. Statistics don't matter. So right? Joe, had you said something like, <laughs> here's Jerry Judy, someone who's a wide receiver too, and he's going to have the best week of all wide receivers, and here's why, and convinced me I would have been more inclined to go your way but that's not the bold statement that you made all right lesson you learned. said stardom Le- lesson learned lesson yeah. learned all right you, well, you'll get better as the season goes on mm-hmm. don't worry mm-hmm. so joe do we, do we take a bet on that that joe won't get better because i'll take the bet that joe doesn't get better <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i think you're right yeah all right. Well, I definitely don't deserve to go first on the tight end thing. So who's who's got this well, one? No, who John? Who gave the better argument? And Joe. Um, I, I guess, gave John the win on my end. Yeah, I, I'd have to go with Bobby. I think Kirk has a good week. I, I have questions on how Russell will do, and if it really come come out shooting. Seattle loves to play slow ball and slow everything down. So. I think they could just kind of kill the fantasy upside of everyone in that game. Yep. Joe? I picked John. 
No, I, and, and the reason why I picked John, honestly, uh, he has so, a better quarterback. No, well, yeah, it, it's that's part simple. of it. If if uh, I was looking, that's the thing, though. If I was looking at these two, and one of them is going to be my flex, I'm going to go with the guy with the proven better quarterback. Well, not even the that proven would be better quarterback in this, in this the, situation. The point I'll make to this is not only the proven better quarterback, but also the proven better wide receiver. I mean. Don't get me wrong, Juju maybe last year wasn't what he's been in the past. I was going to say Christian Kirk was a better wide receiver last, last year. Last year, exactly. But but new systems for both of them. For both of them, right? They're in the same situation. New roles for both of them. Right. Uh, and I'm going to I'm gonna go with the guy that I know has a, a longer proven track record of being yeah. a, a, an NFL wide receiver. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Good. All right. Well, then let's let Bobby, in this case, uh, lead us off on tight ends. All right, I'm going with Cole Komet here. Um, so he's one of the few tight ends in the league and few receivers in general that had 90 or more targets in a season and scored only one touchdown. Um, so he's bound to just recover on that end. Uh, they played the 49ers actually last year at the end of October. He had six targets in that game, um, didn't get a lot – in terms of uh, return for that, I think it was like three catches and 30 yards or something along those lines. Um, but I have a little bit more confidence in him this year. Um, and honestly, who else does Justin Fields have to throw to besides Daryl Mooney? Um, that's about, those are his two options, really, that and then run the ball. Um, so I think, you know, somewhere between 8 to 12 points is realistic. And as a tight end, if I'm getting 8 to 12 points out of my tight end and it's not one of those top, top guys, I'm very happy with that. Good. All right. John, why don't you go ahead and go next? All right. I'm going to take the Joe approach this time and the no, no or little analysis approach. I'm going to take the 12th rank, tied for 12th with uh, Komet ranked tight end um, and go with Dawson Knox. I think coming off, um, coming off the personal tragedy, signing the big contract, I think this is going to be emotional game. I think they're going to try to target him. I think he's has a guaranteed touchdown tomorrow. God. And I think for the emotional approach, God, Planting I don't know what I'm going to do. I like I, I what, think, what do I do now? I think there's no way he doesn't get a touchdown tomorrow. So I think when you look at, when you look at that kind of bottom end tight end, you're really just looking for a touchdown. And, and yeah, he, that was where he produced last season too, was in his touchdowns, not necessarily in his yardage. All right. Well, my tight end is right around the same ranking. I don't, I did a bad job. I looked up a different ranking when we first came up with this. He was 12th in my ranking that I found, but I think he's maybe one above or one below your guys. Travis I'm Kelsey. Going- no, Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, don't don't you dare, <laughs> Travis Kelsey, you little. <laughs> all right, I'm going with Pat Fryermuth. So let me give you a couple reasons why. First of all, um, as a rookie last year, he had 84 targets. Now he split a little bit of time, especially early on in the season with Eric Ebron. Not a ton of time at the end of the season. He kind of t- took over that role uh, and was a little bit more dominant with it. But as a rookie, seven touchdowns. Uh, I don't know if that's a record by any means, but that's a pretty solid number for somebody that was lightly involved in an offense with a quarterback that was pretty much coming out in a wheelchair every freaking week with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I think with fresh legs, 
somebody like whether it ended up being Pickett or um, it's it's Trubisky. Well, whether it didn't matter who it was for me, he's the guy I was picking because either one of those quarterbacks, what their safety valve will probably be is either dumped to a running back or looking at the big man down the middle, which is going to be your tight end. I think he's going to have not only a great week, I think he's going to have a top five tight end week for somebody that's going to be in that 12 to 13th, 14th rank. I think it's a great pick. I don't, I, I don't hate the analysis there, Joe. There's actually some thought put into your uh, words. Oh, my gosh. Did I earn it, though, or did I still lose? Because John made a good point. Well, John, made a great, John made a great the point. The emotional <laughs> point right there. But, hey, I, you know, I, I did claim the top five tight end move. I, uh, I will give you – I will. I, I'm going to give this one to you, Joe. I, gotta, I can't be against you the whole time. I got to <laughs> give you – I got to give you one, and I'll give you the tight end one this time. I actually think that's the second one that you gave me, but I'll take it. Yeah. John, who do you got? I, just, I have a hard time voting for Mitch Trubisky on anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, the alternative, I guess, is Justin Fields. So, I mean, you know, right. a little unproven there, too. Yeah, but they kicked Trubisky out to get Fields. Oh, that's true. Okay, that's a valid point. Uh, I'd probably have to go... Friar Muth, just I think it's a better matchup against Cincinnati, too. Yeah, awesome. I didn't even talk about Cincinnati that time. Well, look at that, I won one now. Between you two, for the record, um, it's tough for me to go. I don't, I'm not a huge, I think there's a lot of people that are Cole Komet fans in general this season. I think it's a little uh overhyped. I, I think he'll do fine. I think it'll be a good, good tight end, but I think he's going to be around that 10, 11, 12th tight end all season long. Um, Dawson Knox. I think what's going to happen with him is what happened last year. Hold on. I think what's going to happen with him is what happened last year. Dawson Knox had a couple games last year. We had two touchdowns, and he was a top five tight end. I'm going to go with John on this one. Uh, I don't disagree with the fact they're going to feed him the rock. I say Cole Komet is a top eight tight end by the end of the season. I'll I'll take take that (laughs) You got both. You You got both of those. So. I'll take the over. John will take the over. Bob, who do you want to do this bet with, John or Bobby? Or John or Joey? Can I do it with both of you and double score? I'm okay with that. John, are you okay with that? I guess I'll allow it. All right. I can score two points with Cole Komet. The double score. There you go. So he has to be eight or better at the end of the season. Eight or better or you lose double points. Yeah. All right. Well, that hopefully gives us some insight here on some players. Let's talk a little bit about our busts for the week. Why don't, uh, John, I think you kind of won that round of stuff. So why don't you tell us your bust? Yeah, my bust, top top 10 running back who is probably being drafted in the top six, Najee Harris, going against Cincinnati in two games last year. He rushed the ball 14 times for 40 yards and no touchdowns and eight times for 23 yards and no touchdowns. Ignore his receiving stats from the first game. That was a fluke. But I think it's another week. He's nursing a Liz Frank injury. I think that they're going to try to use him more sparingly, and I think that Cincinnati's going to jump out to a big lead and just kind of run away with the game. And Trubisky sucks, so Pittsburgh's going to suck. Yeah, I, I don't the, – the, right. the knee injury is key. I've known some people that have had that injury. Joe, it's a foot injury. Yeah, foot. Oh, I thought you said Liz Frank. Yep, he did. That's foot. 
Sorry, I always thought I always thought that was a knee. <laughs> well, Joe, you lost another round, so yeah, let's go. Again. Let's go to Bobby. Yeah, I guess um, this uh, old Forester's hitting me pretty hard. <laughs> go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> okay, um, so I am going to go for my bust as. No surprise, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> a lot of you drafted him probably in the second, third round. Uh, maybe fourth if you got lucky and he slipped a little bit. Um, but I said from the beginning, if I'm drafting, if I'm doing a draft, I don't. I, it, he's too expensive. He's not going to be doing what I'm looking for out of that position. He's playing New Orleans uh, this week. Last year, he had, in two games, he had a total of five catches for 70 yards across two different games. One of those was a two-catch, eight-yard game. His quarterback did not get better. Yeah, they might split him out wide, use him in some other spots, but the Saints' defense isn't any kind of a joke. They are a very good defense, um, and they'll probably... This is a team that probably will jump out to a lead. I don't see uh, Atlanta doing a ton offensively in this game. And you're not going to get the type of uh, output that you're looking for from your top three kind of a tight end that you drafted. Um, And so for that reason, Kyle Pitts is my bust this week. I see him scoring under six points. Under six points. You just hate Kyle Pitts. Yet you continue to draft him. Only kind of. Yeah, that's true. He does keep adding him to his team. What are you talking about? I didn't add him to too many of my teams. Too many of your teams. And the teams that I did have him on was auctions where I got him cheap. And I put him on a guillotine league team. Hopefully I can get past week one with him scoring only five points. Um. But Devonte Adams is going to hopefully carry me through week one of my guillotine. Fair. All right, my bust for the week, and the reason why he's my bust for the week because the place that I looked at points, like projected points, was one of the leagues that we're all in together, and the person with the highest projected points for the week was Jalen Hurts. Now he is playing against the Detroit Lions. So the first argument against my argument is the fact that he's playing Detroit. So don't get me wrong. Nobody likes Detroit. However, have you watched Hard Knocks? Yes. I'm going to pull on the Hard Knocks strings here. Are they ready to start the season? Are they pumped and ready? Absolutely they are. (laughs) Joe, let me ask you a question. Have you watched Hard Knocks? Yes, I have because I made this thing and I made I went in I went in I I got HBO for the trial and I watched Hard Knocks. <laughs> just to just to get this ready. Anyway, so Detroit Lions, I think number 1, they're going to do better than what most people expect. Number 2, they are at home in this game. Number 3, they have a very good secondary and they happen to draft probably arguably the best defensive line in the class in Aiden Hutchinson. So overall, I think Detroit is going to be a better team. I think they're going to be uh, in a better position both on offense and on defense to make this 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 game uh, a very good contest. And I just don't think, and the reason why I'm calling him a bust, 
I think Jalen Hurts will score fine in points. I just don't believe he's going to be a top eight quarterback by the end of the week. And if he is at the top of the list as far as players for the, the highest points scored for the week as far as projectability, that is why I'm calling him a bust. Not because he's not going to score you know, 20 so, points. I just don't see him as a top – actually, I don't see him as a top 10 overall fantasy point scorer for the week, and he's starting the week as the number one projected point Joe, scorer. Joe, as a, as a first-time hard, knocks, hard knock watcher, let me share some knowledge that us longtime hard knock watchers – they you always get hyped up on the team and the team is always garbage. Yeah. Every hard every hard knocks team I, I've is understood garbage. That because the Cleveland Browns have sucked. Who else has been on there before? Houston. Dallas. Dallas has been on there. <laughs> the Raiders the year, yeah. the year that um the Raiders last year when uh their entire team Gruden got Gruden. <laughs> and what weren't oh, no weren't shoot. they on it? Weren't they on it when uh Antonio Brown Antonio, yeah, Antonio Brown, Brown like, blew up. Oh okay, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So they had a two-year implosion. So you're saying just because hard knocks thing doesn't help my analysis, that hurts my analysis? No. Yes. So okay, there, there's it. actually a lot of criteria that goes into like who gets chosen for that, and it's like team couldn't have changed coaches, and they also like couldn't have made the playoffs the year before, and so we're talking like average, very mediocre teams that typically get chosen for hard knocks yeah because they're it's it's a hard time they're on hard knocks it makes sense yeah and 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 the other point that you know they have better pass rushers well that just increases that just means the chance he's that he's gonna rush more. more right well uh, again that, Yo, and, the, and joe's the point, point i'm calling him a bust is not that he's not gonna have a good week guys i'm not saying that I'm saying I don't have him in the top 10 point scores of the week, and he's projected as the top guy. So that's my, why I'm calling what him. I love, what I love is that Joe says that this guy at quarterback is going to be not the top point scorer, but still very much startable. Whereas me and John are both saying, yeah. I would be very wary. Like I'm saying, don't start Kyle Pitts this week. Yeah, so, exactly. Joe, I think, so Joe, let me I think make, let me we're make trying... my point further. No, then. Joe, I think if... where I think where we're at is I'm choosing Bobby, and Bobby is choosing me. Who are who's the winner? Yeah. I guess that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've chosen Bobby yet today. I don't know if you have either, but John's made really good points. John, is a, John is a formidable opponent in this. All right, give me a, each of you a two-second why I should pick you. Kyle Pitts is terrible on a terrible team with a probably the third-worst quarterback in the league starting this week, and that's just because one of the stars is Joe Flacco. Okay. John, what's your point? <clears throat> Pittsburgh is trash. Their offensive line is trash. Their quarterback is trash. <laughs> their quarterback is trash Bisky. okay? I am going to go with um, – Pits, and the reason why is yeah. because uh, Najee Harris is is still like the 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 volume Najee is guaranteed to get as a starting running back in Pittsburgh, regardless of what's going on, is going to be higher than what Pitts is guaranteed to get. So I'm going with the higher floor here, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the bigger bust will be Pitts. Woohoo! Win one. And for the record. If I'm saying a quarterback is not going to be in the top 10, because by the way, if you you're look still at the saying project, that he's startable. 
you're still saying that he's a starting quarterback. He's from number one to number 11. Like, that's not. But you're still saying that he's going to start in every single league. And are you saying that Pitts wouldn't start in everybody's? I'm saying, I'm saying, I, and I just said it a little bit ago, if you were paying attention, do not start Kyle Pitts this week. Okay. Fair enough. John would say, would you, would you sit Najee Harris, John? If he, if he was your number one uh, running back taken. I mean, you're not, if you drafted Pitts or Harris, you're not sitting them. I agree. That's the point. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying the difference in where he's projected to where he's going to end up is going to be bigger with Hurts than anybody else. Mm, I disagree. I'm taking the bigger leap in saying that a bell cow running back is going to have a shitty week. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're right. You're saying he's going to have a shitty week versus me saying he's going to have a fine week, but he's just not going to be a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. All right. On to DraftKings. Our stats. Yeah, our stacks for the week. So, uh, obviously, Bobby, I guess you won this last round. So, why don't you tell us your favorite stack? Okay. Well, I had mentioned him a little bit earlier here. Um, I'm going with that Derek Carr stack. But I'm going to double stack it up with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Okay. Because you can't spend all of your money – but all of these players are under 6,000. If you get all three of them, you'll still have just under 33,000 left to be able to uh, do something with and create the rest of your lineup. But uh, Renfro gets peppered with targets. Um, I don't see that changing, especially with them having to kind of shift around their cornerbacks. And then uh, with the attention brought on to Devontae Adams, um, I see Darren Waller getting a little bit more open, obviously monitor any injury stuff. I know he's kind of limited at least going into the week, but everything that I've been seeing says that he's going to be playing, but, uh, Waller's only 5,400 Renfro 5,800 and Derek Carr 59. Okay. I like it. John, do you want to go next or do you want me to take it? Because I know we have some stacks we talked about that are probably similar. Well, I'll go I'll go kind of the big stack I like. And I think that's Mahomes with Kelsey and then any other of the wide receivers. I think for the reasons we talked about, I think Mahomes is going to kind of go off this week, put up big numbers against Arizona. I think with with a lot of the other matchups, I think it might be a lower ownership for Mahomes and Kelsey. I think people might be more heavy on the running backs or kind of the bigger name wide receivers. So I think spending the money on tight end and and quarterback, and then there's a lot of other cheap kind of mid-end wide receivers that I like. Um, And Mahomes did say earlier, he already apologized to all fantasy players saying that he doesn't even know which wide receiver will be the wide receiver from week to week. So... Take that for what you will. There's that. Yep, and that's why I think you just pick one and you hope you're right that week. Exactly. Yep. All right, good. Well, my stack for the week is uh, New Orleans. Uh, playing against Atlanta, uh, obviously, it's for the most part, that's that's one of the easier defenses defensively to go against the pass. I do like just the overall uh, options here. So Winston, first of all, he's fifty three hundred bucks. You're not going to find a quarterback for a whole lot cheaper than that. Um, 
And this is one of those situations where you're getting him for so cheap, you could double stack it with Kamara and even somebody like Michael Thomas. So Kamara's 7,600, again, not very expensive for a running back. And Michael Thomas is 5,700. That might be the cheapest you will see Michael Thomas on the entire season, obviously assuming he stays healthy. But if Michael Thomas returns to anywhere near what he once was, then you're getting an extreme value for him. And that those of you that don't think he can get there, I'm going to remind you that Winston, while in um, Tampa Bay, was able to get, even with all of his interceptions that he threw, uh, was able to have a top 10 wide receiver, Mike Evans, for a number Did, of years. Didn't he have two top five or two top seven wide receivers that year? Yeah. So, again. He can support the, it. Yeah, he can support it. And I think the offense, the new owner, new coaching staff, and so on and so forth, um, I do think that they could do really, really well this week. Again, playing against an Atlanta team, uh, a rivalry week, so to speak. Uh, I think they come out firing and have and could have a very good week. So that's my stack. And there's a lot of things you can do on that team, by the way. If you don't like Michael Thomas, um, he's the most expensive wide receiver there. You got Landry and Nalave, and both of them are only five thousand. So it's it's a pretty good option. Uh oh, we got babies. We got babies. Um, all right. Outside of the stacks, anything else that we want to talk about, DraftKings or otherwise? I think that should be good for week one. Yeah, I do too. One thing I'll say for those that listen to us specifically for the DraftKings, this week in particular, one of the things that I'm focusing on is, is really building a lineup with some solid running backs, guys that I know are going to be the bell cows, guys I know they're going to get the rock. In, on teams that have history of doing really well. Obviously, this is the Jonathan Taylors, the Christian McCaffrey's, even the Kamara's. And I'm doing that because I can get some good value out of some wide receivers and still not lose too much in my quarterback if I get the right the right connections. So that's just a little tidbit of advice I think that will work this week. I'll be in the millionaire game. Uh, Bobby, are we going to put together a, uh, uh, a football on the rocks game? Oh, yeah. I'll get that started. I'll get a link out on uh, Twitter here. Um, tomorrow, actually. Sounds good. And I'll try to put it on DraftKings social as well so we get that thing rolling and, and get some people playing. Uh, we'll do the same thing as we've always done. So if you uh, end up getting the most points at the end of the year, every time you beat uh, all three of the experts, you get your name put in the pot for a bottle of whiskey. So we'll see how that works out. Um, congratulations. I think Caleb was the one that took that thing home last year. Yeah. Uh, but anything else for the night? Anything you guys want to say before we take off? Uh, no, I, I got nothing else. I just got, uh, you know, send us emails, hit us up on Twitter, submit your questions. Let us know what you're curious about. We'll, uh, get some questions answered on this pod as well. All right. I enjoyed it. That's all we got. I'm done. Peace. Bye. Bye.